Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including Lafayette and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Cafe Pavilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birkin Road Reports, Peter Rusciutti. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Rusciutti. Welcome to Out to Lunch Acadiana. In this part of the world, we're quick to acknowledge the incredible talents of our Cajun and Zydeco musicians, which is pretty natural. After all, if they're not going to come from Acadiana, where are they going to come from? In other styles of music and the arts, we don't have the field all to ourselves. The interesting thing is that we have equally talented array of artists. Some of them are natives, others move here. Like Jenny Kruger, originally from New Mexico. Jenny has been a professional flute player since she was 15. She was also the starting center on the boys' basketball team in the fifth grade and had dreams of becoming a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. Since 2010, Jenny has been the executive director of the Acadiana Symphony. Jenny, welcome out to lunch. Thank you. You didn't know we'd find all that stuff I was going to say, where you guys been digging? <laughs> <laughs> Mark Falgo runs a unique music business that's a combination hostel and honky-tonk. At the legendary Blue Moon Saloon in Lafayette, you can come for the music, which ranges from rock to Zydeco, and if you love it too much to leave, you can sleep it off in a dorm bunk for $18. If, the, if your timing's right, you can even stick around for the crawfish boil. Mark, welcome out to lunch. Great. Nice seeing you. Thank <laughs> you. Gerd Wustemann is an internationally acclaimed classical guitarist who has played everywhere from Carnegie Hall to Berlin and recorded 11 albums. In 2008, Gerd became the executive director of Lafayette's Acadiana Center for the Arts, sometimes better known as ACA. Vastly overqualified for simply scheduling events, Gerd has revolutionized the 40-year-old organization with a brand new performance venue and visual art gallery. The ACA hosts over 1,000 arts events each year. Gerd, welcome out to lunch. Hey, it's great to be here. Ah, now I'm going to start with you, Gerd. You have an illustrious musical history. You're originally from Germany. You've traveled the world with music. You have a post-grad doctorate degree. Um, there has to be a compelling reason that you've chosen not just to live in Acadiana, but to throw yourself into what is a multi-million dollar business, including the Louisiana Crossroads record label, TV and radio broadcasts, the Camellia Art Park, and much more. Sure, there's a lot to be said for living in a place with great people and great food, but even here, this business is far from stress and politics free. What keeps you in Acadiana? Hmm. Well, first of all, you know, the way I ended up here was completely serendipitous. I was about to finish my doctorate and, and was a lifetime performer, but I really wanted to have a teaching position. I wanted to start building a program somewhere because it was important to me. And uh, lo and behold, the only university I was hiring in the world at the time was University of Louisiana. They just changed their name from a regional institute to become the University of Louisiana. So uh, uh, I applied, they wanted me, and I packed my bags and came down here. I had no idea what I was in for. And I can tell you there was a moment about two months in being here that I think 
completely changed my perspective on this place. Somebody took me to Whiskey River on a Sunday afternoon, which is this little swamp bar on the wrong side of the levee in the Echafalaya <laughs> Basin. And I really liked to dance. So I walked in there and Gino Delafosse was on stage playing. And basically there's like 400 people in the bar, 300 are dancing, 100 are sitting drinking beers. You're overlooking the swamp. There's no air conditioning. It's a September afternoon. And, uh, and I was completely hooked. And I thought, this is the craziest place I've ever been. <laughs> and and maybe, maybe it's going to be all right to spend a couple of years here. And and this was, was about <laughs> 15 years ago, of course. <laughs> so, um, so I taught and built the guitar program here. Um, but then I had some, uh, uh, left university, toured and recorded exclusively because I had a really heavy schedule. But then I had some bad uh, injuries, broke, shattered my shoulder, my rib cage and my wrist. Wow. Couldn't play at all for two years. That couldn't have been a guitar accident. Uh, and it was bad bicycle accidents wow. actually. So, so I couldn't play for two years um, and it totally shifted my career path. So I said, well, you know, it's kind of, I've lived a one dimensional life. I've been in this guitar business since I was five. What else can I do? So I uh, started doing some business, built a company and sold it and built another one. And then this job came up. It was uh, the local arts council that was not doing very well with the promise of maybe building the center out at some point. And once again, I applied for the job, thought, sounds kind of like fun. Took the job, and little did I know, and here we are. Now, Jenny, you're running a unique organization. The ASO is only one of two orchestras in the country that is also a conservatory. You have 20-plus teachers and professional musicians with advanced degrees from all over the country. You publish a full-color arts magazine called Overture, which for most people would be a full-time job in itself, and you run the orchestra. I, I'm assuming that you have to raise money to fund this whole impressive operation. Did anything in your background or training prepare you for running a multifaceted business like this? No. No, that's, uh, <laughs> that's great. Somebody, uh, on the job learning, that's a... Well, I have a great passion for, for my organization, and so I also um, enjoy creative solutions to problems, and so, Landing in Lafayette and, and getting feedback and being a part of the great cultural community that this area is really was a great place to find inspiration in order to basically rebuild the business model of my organization. So we're very unique, as you said, yep. not only just to this area, but really in the country. And um, at the time, you know, like Gerd's situation, when I, when I took this job, um, it, was, it was on the brink of change somehow. And it was either going to um, we either we were either going to innovate or we were going to liquidate, <laughs> and so um, it was it, I've, it was thrilling being part of that innovation and really coming in and trying to find some new things and working with a great creative team to throw out a lot of stuff and see what stuck. And luckily, some some really great things have made it. Were you doing something similar in New Mexico? No, I actually moved here from D.C. I was a teacher. I've been in music education for 20 years. Um, and I, we were transferred here because my husband at the time, his job brought us here. I, I didn't know anything about Lafayette. I had to look it up on a map. <laughs> um, I'd spent one hazy weekend in New Orleans, but that was really all I knew about Louisiana. And so this was all new to me. Um, and I fell in love with, with the community. And I, I think some of them have fallen in love with me too. And so I've been able to do some, some really great work while I'm here. And it's been wonderful. <laughs> now, Mark, running a hip music venue in Lafayette sounds like one of the coolest gigs in the world. You would definitely be the hippest guy in the room at a party in LA or New York, but on a day-to-day -day basis, is running the Blue Moon Saloon a party every night, or does the business end of dealing with musicians, managers, alcohol vendors, managing staff, and everything else that goes into running a bar and a hotel turn it into a regular job, or is it still pretty cool? 
it is pretty cool. It's still cool every day that I get up and I have this job. And it's kind of a job that I was fortunate to create for myself. You know, it wasn't like uh, something that I applied for. I didn't come here by accident. It was an idea that I came up with. And uh, I think the, the unique part about it and the, what, what makes it special to me is that uh, sitting around at a table like this, talking to people, throwing ideas about what would you like to do or what would be a good career or how would you like to do it or, you know, and so it started off like that when I was traveling, talking to people about, uh, I did a lot of traveling and I stayed at a lot of hostels and I've always loved music. You did, was that probably in Europe? Because that's uh, I did a lot of I did a lot that. of uh, European traveling, yes, Europe, North Africa, Asia, you know, a lot of backpacking. And uh, what endeared me to Lafayette even more. I'm from Raceland by Lafouche on that side okay. of the state. Graduated from here, was living in New Orleans for five years, part of that music scene, and then moved back to Lafayette. But talking to people, I didn't realize that people, after an uh, evening of drinks and dinner, you know, people say, I really want to visit Lafayette, man, because you talk so fondly of it. And I was like, I never realized that, you know, it was that I was that passionate or I felt that special about calling Lafayette home. So my, my idea was that, you know, if I couldn't travel like I wanted to, my ideal job, what would that be? If I could be around people who are traveling, you know, I could create an inviting environment for people from around the world and around the corner. And then at the end of the day, have a beer, step outside, talk to other travelers, talk to locals, because that's the way you find out about a town. It's not necessarily the buildings, but more about the people. And when that's being said and done, then we listen to some good music. So I kind of brought all of those uh, ideas together. And then a hostel in Lafayette was not anything that anyone heard of, not what most people knew what a hostel was. Right. Coupled that with a music club. So, um, and you know, so I took a, an idea. It was a passion. I decided to try to go for it. And I figured if I create the right thing, like-minded people would uh, flock around it. And, you know, 15 <laughs> years later, here we are. So it's, uh, it, it, feel, it feels good that Wait, way. On an average night, how many folks are from the area versus out-of-towners? Well, you know, that'll, that'll fluctuate depending upon the time of the year, if it's Mardi Gras, festivals, uh, festival time like that. But, uh, you know, we have uh, our demographic is, I would say, in the guest house itself, about 50-50 people from when I say 50-50, 50% Americans and 50% travelers uh, or um, international folks. And uh, we're kind of close to the same, more like 60-40 as far as out-of-town acts versus local acts. So what we try to do is, it's the balance of showcasing our culture to the travelers, but also introducing new acts to people who are from here, which kind of makes it really exciting, you know? Well, all of you are doing something where you, you've changed the, uh, the look of, these, of this organi these organizations. How did you get the word out? Like, for instance, uh, like yourself, Jenny, how did you get people to come in that have not you know, tried that side yet? Well, it's really about, you know, it's, to Mark's point, you know, it's really about figuring out what the community wants and, and kind of speaking their language and bringing them in that way. And then, you know, I know Gerd's done this too in his shows, and then stretching it so that they, they enter in, in a comfortable zone, if right. you will, 
And then we stretch that a little bit so that they become more, I don't know, rounded and more interested in different things. They start to see the possibilities of what's there. But it's really in this town, I mean, to, to credit Mark's work, I mean, that, that environment, that culture that he's created is, is, is what it takes in this town. And if you can do that, the people become your ambassadors and they become <laughs> your word of mouth, they become your marketing team and that's how you get more and more people involved. Dr. Gerd, you've taken uh, this and really pushed it in directions people would not expect. You mentioned that UL was the only one hiring at that time and such, mm. but you've changed the reason you came here, this, this role has changed since you took it over. Yeah, the role has completely changed. The organization has completely changed. You know, we've grown from a, I mean, even just on a financial end, from a $700,000 budget to an, like $3.5 million budget uh, on just on operational side, uh, which makes us the fourth largest organization in the state of Louisiana at this point. Which really? Which is kind of a weird thing to think about, and we're in a very, very small community. But, but I think the, the, the most important thing is that, uh, I think like both Mark and Jenny said, um, we in this business are not just here to entertain people. We 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 have the uh, ability, and I think also somewhat the uh, uh, burden to bring things along, to bring people together, to to go back to what is culturally relevant in this community. In other words, what's so unique about Acadiana? There's this treasure trove, not just about Creole, Cajun, uh, Zadiko culture, but also there's an extraordinary riches in the visual arts scene here. There's an incredible level of engagement on the theater end and so forth. So when you take all those bits and pieces that are coming out of the community, you can you have a chance to elevate them a bit, um, to preserve, to to really sort of push to the push the boundaries a little bit. But then also you can bring in whatever sort of the rest of the world is doing, right? For instance, we live in a town that, that's two hours by cart from New Orleans, and yet nobody here had ever done a significant jazz presenting, right? Which, which I found really uh, strange, because yeah. it's the original American art form, one of the greatest things, and it just grew up a couple hours down the road. And, um, and so we started doing this, and it's been a wild success, actually. I've got to ask you, um, Mark, is how do you, you market your, your organization over there? Because... Um, you know, people in New Orleans always want to come over to Lafayette, but they don't know really what to do once they get here. Do you, how do you get the word out about your, your spot? I deal with two groups of folks. I deal with the travelers who are coming through. I get the vacationers that come through every once in a while, make Lafayette as their destination, but we have a big market of travelers, and that, that's a stop along the way. And, you know, when I was out traveling, um, it was... I would take off and I would stay out on the road as long as my time or my funds would allow me to do that. And uh, if I met up with someone and they told me about a really cool spot that was really affordable, that was really culturally significant, that was really great music, really good drink prices, you know, then if I made my way there then, and I liked it, then okay, I could extend my budget and stay on the road a little longer. That's, you know, through the word of mouth of travelers, but also musicians. I get the musicians who roll through. And, so uh, they might be you know, coming from New Orleans to Houston? You know, and, and we are on I-10, you know, and I mean, I think we can all attest to the benefit of having our location right there, you know, between New Orleans and Houston and Austin and that, uh, that corridor there. Um, and the moon is, it's a uh, public, uh, you know, it's a public-owned company. We're not a nonprofit. Uh, we have to be able to afford to keep the doors every day by the traffic we generate through the doors. So, as much as I would like to do some bigger names and some bigger shows, I just can't afford to keep my put myself out there at uh, you know 
at that risk of doing that, which is why, you know, what Jenny and Gerd are doing and like, I mean, uh, you know, J.J. Gray, I, it's one of my favorites. You know, I'd love to have him in the moon. It would be great. I just fiscally can't, um, I can't sleep at night if I put myself on the line for that, that kind of hook. But the thing about Lafayette, which makes it special and a testament to the city itself is, I have bands that roll through and they'll stop in Lafayette every time through, knowing it's not their money gig. They're not gonna make money on it. They're not gonna make a lot of money on it, but they will make it a stop every time because it's a place like nowhere else. They love it. Yeah, yeah the culture is here. Which is you know, so great. And even for us, um, we have a theater that's modular, so the seats can all come out, the flow moves up and down. So we did this as a standing room show, so instead of 300 seats, we can put 600 people in the room. And, and that's, that allows us to do certain things. It's still usually a difficult financial proposition. You know, small theaters are notorious loss leaders, and, and it, you do lose sleep over it. But the reason this works is really, and I think this is a testimony to this region, people, musicians, I mean, they're not just in business for their money. They also want to have a good time. They want to be treated well. They want to play in a place where the vibe is there and the audience goes nuts. And that's exactly what's happening here. Every time, I mean, we have, we've had Lyle Lovett in 300 seats. We have people like these, these guys who want to come back and stop by here every time. And I think that's, that's because of uh, the work that, that Mark's done at the moon. You know, we created this vibe here that really draws musicians. No? What about, um, you, both of you have to really deal with the politics of, of things is that that's not what you were trained in and uh, and such have you been able to to deal with it pretty well or you know it, it's a different climate probably than it was um, let's say 20 years ago because we're really dealing with a lot of legislative leadership that maybe has not had been active in the arts oh, yeah. um, with the the cut of you know music oh, education yeah. and arts education in schools for the last couple decades you know we're, we're a lot more falls on us in terms of educating them about about what we're doing and why it's important and how it affects you know a variety of different people in the community and so I think you know that's been a, a new challenge to people in arts administration what's great about leadership here is that um, it's part of the life. Culture is, is not just, yeah. you know, something that you do on the weekend. It's really how you live your life. And so it's a little bit of an easier sell. They understand. They've been to Mark's place or they've been to Gert's place yeah. or they've heard about it. And so uh, it's a little bit easier. But it is difficult. I mean, especially when you're dealing with, you know, fiscal shortages like we are. Uh, making your case becomes that much more challenging. Um, and, you know, placing yourself up against things like fire security and police safety is, is something we never thought we would have to do when we signed on for the job. Right. Probably know? not all the uh, fundraising is a big part of what you do and uh, maybe not your favorite part, but... Uh, I always say if I'm not asking somebody for something every day, I'm not doing my job. I mean, I am every day asking somebody for something from a fruit platter <laughs> for a reception to I know a you six asked figure gift. I mean, you asked if you could take the microphones. I home. did. I and I did ask odd, if <laughs> I could, you know, if I could have you come help us out with some stuff. So, you know, you're right. And now my ask for the day is done. <laughs> well, good. It's time we do the checklist. This is the part of the show where we take a little break and ask you a question you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. I'm going to start with, uh, with Gerd. Uh, how do you recharge your batteries? You're a guy with a lot of energy. How do you do that? Well, for me, and this is actually a big part of the reason why I'm here and why I love this place so much, I'm a crazy dance fanatic, and so Zydeco is my thing. As a matter of fact, I think Mark knew me in my capacity as uh, uh, dancing up a storm at the moon before you knew me professionally because uh, I, I'm a huge fan of, of dancing, and so Zydeco is my thing. Now, Mark, what part of your job gives you the most satisfaction? And you really are pretty multifaceted here, so. Well, you know, um, 
I'm a person that has a lot of ideas, you know? So um, from conceptualizing something to kind of actually bring it to fruition, you know, it's like, because I, I throw a lot of stuff against the wall, you know, and it's just, you know, and I use my <laughs> wife as a sounding board for a lot of stuff, and it's like, you know, and I try to think outside the box, and I try to create a unique experience for as many different people as I can. And with that being said, sometimes you take a, you have to take a, a leap of faith. You have to take a risk. You have to do something that you're not sure if it's going to work. And as many nights that as after 15 years of doing this, I walk in nervous over my decision. Did I right, make the right decision? And when I walk in and when I just see smiles on everyone's face, when everything flows like it's supposed to, when people walk in and look like that was just uh, seamless the way the whole night came together and was effortless for everybody's part, that's kind of gives me the satisfaction to where, you know, it's like, as, as you know, I tell my staff all the time, we work really hard to make it look really easy, you know, so yeah. the, the behind the scenes and these ideas that we put out there to actually see them pay off. We've all had some that didn't quite right. go like we want. Well, you mentioned throwing things against the wall. Uh, have you ever thought about you know, recreating this somewhere else? Well, I mean, I, I've thought about it a lot. And, uh, <laughs> I've, thought of, I've, thought, I've thought about it a lot. And um, the problem with that is we can't recreate Lafayette. That's you right. know, that's okay, the yeah. hardest part. You know, we right. could put the Blue Moon Saloon and Guest House in New Orleans, Oklahoma. Austin, Oklahoma, <laughs> Vegas, what have you. But Flint, Michigan, that what, would be a real <laughs> challenge for you. What, what, what makes it work is the folks that are here. We have so many musicians that are here, you know, and when they're not on the road, a lot of them are using the moon as a base, which adds a lot of soul to the place. And there's nothing better than folks rolling in from out of town and they're like, oh man, I was just. Uh, Staying at the bar, and that's uh, that's Wilson Savoir, that's Steve Riley, or that's uh, you yeah. know, I've got their records, and they're like hanging out right here, you know, and they're just like real people. So, <laughs> I, it, it the the cons the concept is scalable, as they say, but we can't duplicate the community that we have here. And Jenny, what was I? Because you did have this illustrious past with men's basketball in Dallas <laughs> The uh, what about what was your very first job though? Uh, my very first job was cleaning out horse stalls. Wow, that's, and, um, uh, that's mucking, isn't it? The it's it's the a term? life, you learn a lot of life lessons. You in do, what stalls. did you learn really? That so, we, I, was, I was raised around horses, uh, obviously, and this was a, my parents, I think the best gift they gave to me was really a work ethic, and it started. I thought the answer was rake. We get you a rake to help muck out the uh, stalls. It's no. more like a shovel. Shovel, shovel. Okay, all right. You got to shovel but that stuff out. But work ethic is the correct answer. They but it was a work ethic because this was not where I wanted to be. This was not <laughs> was, how I wanted to be. You know, you don't know, but you were involved in a scared straight program they were offering at that time. Pretty yes, much. They, they, yeah. Because I realized, number one, I don't ever want to do I'm going <laughs> to school. My God, I don't want manual labor is not where I want to spend my time. But two, I really learned that if you want to get things done, you have got to get your hands in. I mean, you've just got to get put, roll up your sleeves, get the elbow grease going, and you've just got to get it done. And so, you know, though I learned I'd, I'd want to get out of the horse stall right. business, um, I learned that there's only really one way to do that, and that's to work really hard. And so, um, you know, it's an interesting first job, especially when uh, people think of, you know, they think of symphony and they have this kind of perception of that, right. whatever it is. And so when I when I say, yeah, I used to, you know, basically shovel horse 
stuff, yes, right. manure, they're like, it's a it, you know, completely different impression than what they had, but it's real. It's because they're picturing you doing this on a gown. That's really the, the problem, y I think, You know, visual. there's always that. There's uh, you a, know, that's <laughs> let me ask you a question, um, you, you talk about a work ethic and such, a lot of times people are very driven and such, but then they have a lot of trouble delegating. Do mm -hmm. um, you think you're a pretty good delegator? I'm learning, that's definitely a skill I've had to learn as I grow in this position, um, because at the beginning, it was all hands on deck. So, you know, I had this title, but it didn't matter. If the toilets needed cleaning, I, I was doing <laughs> it. If, you know, we had to park cars, I was doing it. Stuff envelopes, I was doing it. So I think, you know, to learn the business from really the bottom up was, was very healthy. But now I, I have a great team. They're very, in fact, I really try to find people that are much better at what they do than, than I am at that. And, um, and it's been actually wonderful, not just to learn how to delegate, but to really trust and see what I can learn from, from letting them run with their skill and, and their job. Well, it must be working. Jenny Kruger, Dr. Gerd Wustemann, which I want to keep saying over and over again. It sounds so great. As, a <laughs> as you should. <laughs> Mark <laughs> Felk. There are a lot of people doing a lot of great things in the music and art worlds in Acadiana, but I'm not sure anyone is having as much fun or having more of an impact than the three of you. Uh, I'm not actually deputized to speak on behalf of the residents of Acadiana, but I don't think anyone will reprimand me for thanking all of you for everything you're doing, and, and thank you, too, for taking the time to join me on Out to Lunch. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. Great, Thank you. great guys. These, uh, my guests on Out to Lunch today have been Jenny Kruger, the Executive Director of the Acadiana Symphony, Dr. Gerd Wustemann, the Executive Director of the Acadiana Center for the Arts, and Mark Falgu. He's the owner of Blue Moon Presents and the Blue Moon Saloon. You can find out more about Gerd's, Jenny's, and Mark's wonderful worlds uh, of much more than music by following the links on our websites. That's krvs.org and it's acadiana.com. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe V is open six days a week for lunch and dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Cherie Terrio is our researcher. The theme song, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. If you want to find out what we all look like, and I think that is worth it for people, I really do, is you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Gwen Oquan. You can get this show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's acadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. That's located off Pinhook near Calise Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette offers complimentary airport shuttle within a three-mile radius reaching downtown shopping and local restaurants. Additional support comes from ABiz Magazine and AcadianaBusiness.com, the essential information source for business decision makers throughout the one Acadiana region. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Cafe Vermilionville for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, 
and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including Lafayette and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette.